Judges chapter number 7. Judges chapter number 7, if you will. Try not to fall through the floor this morning. Maybe we'll be all right. (laughs) Amen. If you found your place, you would please stand. (laughs) Judges chapter number 7. Going to be a lot of reading this morning, so pay attention in your Bible. But Brother J.R. mentioned something that I want to mention again before I get a big way of preaching here. He said using godly wisdom, not man's wisdom. So what we need to do this morning is look at God's wisdom and not our own. Judges chapter 7, verse number 1 through verse number 7. He found your place say amen. Alright, the Bible said, Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites in their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore go to. Proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there he returned to the people twenty, and there returned to the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I'll try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people into the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone that lap, lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth him, shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. Interested in verse number 7. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go every man unto his place. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, God. God, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace. Again, thank you for the privilege, the opportunity to be here this morning. And Father God, I pray that as we go on trying to do your will, Lord, that you would encourage us along the way. Father God, we pray that you'd help us, Lord, and we pray, God, that you would just use this little church, God, for your honor, for your glory. Father, we love you, we thank you. God, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing and be seated. I want to preach to you this morning on this thought. When God chooses to use a few instead of using a multitude. When God chooses to use a few instead of using a multitude. Now I'm going to give you some history on this book this morning that we're in. Then I want to take a look at the context of what's going on. Now as you and I come to this book of Judges this morning, uh, we're not going to stay just in chapter number 7. i got a lot I want to say this morning, but we're going to be flipping around a little bit uh, to look at some things that God would have us to use. Now before we do that, let's go ahead and let's look at some history of this book. Now it's as you and I come to this book of Judges this morning, 
it's good to know that as we enter upon this book, that we're coming upon some times in which you and I would not have wanted to live in. I mean, it was when this book was written, it was written during a time in which the people were disobedient toward God. They wanted to have things their own way and they wanted to do their own thing. Amen? It was a time in which people were repeatedly oppressed by the enemy. The enemy would come upon them and they were oppressed all the time. So I guess you could say the enemy was on every side of the people here in the day of Judges. Now again, if the people would have just obeyed God, they could have had many victories, they could have lived their life for the Lord, but they didn't obey, and, and here we are, amen, uh, in the Word of God. So is that not the trouble this morning of all the times in the world of our day? People just will not simply obey God. I mean, the man of God, the Sunday school teacher, can stand up and tell folks uh, what God tells them, and folks will not listen. Is that not where we're at? So it's also as you and I come to this book of Judges, we see it was a, a we see its name, which is the word Judges, and it gives you and I the idea of justice. That's what a judge does. It gives us the idea of settling disputes. That's what a judge does. That word judge also means this morning one that liberates and delivers as well. And it's in this book of Judges that we'd see the judges of the land of those days would deliver the people. Then they would administer justice as well. Now, it's as you and I come to this book of Judges as well, it's also good to know that not everything in this book, if you're going to study it out, it's not in chronological order. Not everything in the book of Judges. Alright? So if you were to read this book, you would see there are also shortly of military successes, the military would come in and, and, and they'd win battles and then they'd be short-lived because they still would not obey God. Friend, may I say to you this morning, that is exactly what is causing spiritual decay in our day, is that we will not obey God. And that's the reason this morning, I mean, friend, lots of times what we'll do is, and what's, what caused them that oppression is, they wouldn't drive out the enemies of the land. They, may I say to you, our, our problem as Christians today is that we will not drive out everything that causes us to fail for God. We will not drive out the enemy. The enemy is sin, and we won't drive out the sin which so easily besets us. We let it overtake us. We let it overcome us, and then we're the man. So we see that this happens during that time, now in our time as well, okay? Uh, listen, it, it, I, I, I say that, but I also want you to understand it wasn't just sadness all the time either. There were some victories in the Word of God. And it's as you and I come to where we're at in this book of Judges this morning, you and I are going to see one of the greatest deliverances ever happened. It's mentioned again over in Psalm, I believe, 102 again. So with that on our minds, let's look at the context of our Scripture, see what it is that's going on. Alright, and then we'll get in the message. So as we come to Judges chapter number 7, we're going to see Gideon. Very familiar name. And we're going to see all the people that are with him. We're going to see that they rise up early in the morning. How do you know? Well, the Bible said, verse number 1, Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Mor in the valley. Now, it was as these Midianites at this time uh, that they were the enemy to Gideon and his army. And we see that they were on the north side of them, so the enemy was probably close. 
All right, now while the enemy's close to them, I just want you to understand what's going on. Now the Bible said in verse number 2, uh, we see the Lord talking to Gideon. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites in their hands. Lest Israel vault themselves against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now, friend, I see something encouraging here. Even though the enemy was, was right on their heels, they could still get a word from God. Now, I'm telling you, even though it looks like the enemy is right on our heels at times, I'm glad we can still get a word from God. I'm telling you, friend, in revival uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe we heard some words from God, don't you? We can still get a word. But it was the Lord that was speaking to Gideon. The Lord had told him some disturbing news. Now, get a hold of this. He told Gideon basically this. He said, Gideon, you've got too many men for the fight. And he wanted to clear some of those men out so that when God had given them the victory, why? So they wouldn't get lifted up with pride. Now we see all this unfold. Now let's read verse number 3. The Bible said, Now therefore go to, proclaim the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from the Mount Gilead. And there return to the people twenty and two thousand, and there remain ten thousand. Now I want you to put yourself in Gideon's shoes for just a minute. Gideon started out with 32,000 men. Alright? But now in verse number 3, God had taken out 20,000 of those men now surrounding Gideon are 10,000 men going to battle with him. Now that's a lot of people that are gone now. May I say to you this morning, there was some old soldiers in the fire. And they're gone now. And you know, we can look back and we can say, hey, they were good soldiers. They fought a good fight. They finished the race. Amen. They've done well. But what about you? Amen. So that's a lot of people that are gone. All right. That's not all that happened. Let's read verse number four. The Bible said, The Lord said to Gideon, The people are yet too many. Uh, bring them down into the water, and I'll try them there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee. The same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee. The same shall not go. Now you got to understand, God had dwindled down Gideon's army already to 10,000. And now God said, there's still yet too many people. Amen. Could you imagine men in Gideon's shoes? Gideon is about to get ready to go to battle here. And he's saying, God, you're dwindling down my army. I've only got 10,000 men now. And you still say there's too many? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Well, just think about where we're at this morning. The army's dwindled down, has not. Well, he said, oh, that verse number four, let's read verses five through six. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone that lapeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shall I set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. But verse number seven said this, And the Lord said to Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go, every man unto his place. At this point in time, how would you imagine Gideon must have felt? 
He started out with that many thousand, down to ten thousand, now down to three. Now, could you imagine? Now, if you and me were getting, when it said, Lord, what do you do? Look, we look around the church house sometimes. Amen. It's going to help us this morning. We look around the church house sometimes, and I've heard this statement made. We're just a little church. Yeah, we are. We are. But I'm telling you, friend, if God can use 300 men to go up against all these thousands, my, my, what God can do with 20 who can faithful and cry to God and get committed. Amen, friend. Well, let's just look at this just a second and let's look at what God's given, all right? So number one, I see the concerning times of Gideon. Are we not living in concerning times? Number two, I see the call of Gideon and his men. Has God not called you? Number three, I see the conquering of Gideon and his men. Amen. Well, let's look, number one, at the concerning times of Gideon. It's going to take me a while to get to where we're going. All right, so if you'll look with me, turn to chapter number six of the book of Judges. You'll see just what an awful time that it was. Read your Bible. The Bible said in chapter number 6 and verses 1 through 10. A lot of reading. But look. The Bible said, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Alright? These are the Midianites they're going up against. They prevailed against Israel. And because the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens, which are mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up. And the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. Wow. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till now coming to Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. This is a bad time. Bad time. Verse 5, For they came up with their cattle and their tents. They came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number. And they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of many nights. And the children of Israel cried to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, He didn't give them much hope. Listen here. He said, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and dragged them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I send you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. May I say God had given them victory after victory after victory. And God said you would not hear my voice. Oh my. Well, I know that's a mouthful and I know that's a lot to read. But you and I, if we don't understand the times of Gideon, we're not going to get help of Gideon. We're not going to get help. Now, just how great this morning the victory was that God gave Israel over the Midianites. Over there in Israel, see, this was a time of ruin for the people. All right? I mean, these Israelites there uh, that were in the land, they'd plow, they'd plant the crops, they'd work on the farm, but the Midianites would take all that they dug from their hands. Now, could you imagine living in a time like that? 
Friend, this was a time and day in which God's own people, Israel, did that which was right in their own eyes. The Bible said in Judges 21 and 25, in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's the whole reason the nation was in decay. The whole reason the nation was in ruin and the enemy was overtaking them because they said, God, we're not going to go with you. We're going to do us right our side. Is that not where we're at? When I'm preaching to the church this morning, sometimes we decide that we're going to do what's right on our side instead of what's right on God's side. Have you ever seen such a day where God's own people are disobeying God? I mean, we're living in a world right now where you can't tell the difference between somebody that's saved and somebody's lost. Is that not where we're at? I mean, Freon, they, they'll, uh, they'll say they go to a church house on Sunday and then they'll cuss on Monday. I ain't got no use for that. God ain't got no use for that. I'm just being honest. Don't look at me like I got four heads. I'm just preaching. I'm telling you the truth. Hey, Amen. There ought to be a difference. But, friend, we wonder what's wrong in our day. The same thing is wrong in Israel's day. Listen now, they were just reaping what they had sown. That's it. It wasn't bad karma. How many of you have heard that phrase, bad karma? Let me tell you something about karma. <coughs> Hindus made karma up. So let's try to do something else. How about you reap what you sow? That's Bible, amen. You reap what you sow. If you go out and you plant corn in the garden, well, my goodness gracious, you're, going, you're not going to get a cow, you're going to get corn. Hey man, if you go plant a flower, you're going to get a flower. All right on the hand. You reap what you sow. But if you're saved and born again, I want to say this. If you sow seed for the devil, then friend, you're going to reap what you sow. It don't matter if you're saved or lost. What you reap, you are going to sow. We've got too many children of God. Instead of sowing seed for good, they're sowing seed for the devil. And then they wonder what's wrong in their life. That happens... You say, preacher, you're being awful mean. I'm just being honest. We're going to get good in a minute. But we're like the children of Israel just in the fact we so seed for evil and won't see for good to spring up. A lot of that goes on. It's either amen or oh me. Amen. But God still yet said in 2021, He says, I'm the Lord your God, fear not the gods of the Amorites, the gods of the world this morning. Friend, the children of Israel were dwelling in a bad land in a bad time. It was full of false gods, just like you and I are living in a world this morning full of false gods. I'm telling you, friend, people worship the president or they worship the Lord. There's a problem there. People worship cell phones and TVs. The more they worship God, we're more concerned about that than anything else. How do you know, preacher, there's a Luke Bright concert, and I bet it's filled up. I bet if there's a church house, and man, it wouldn't have been packed out. We're worshiping false gods. Friend, listen to me. The times of Gideon were dark times. The days we're living in, I mean, we know way kind of their dark times. Hard times, rough times. But I'm telling you, friend, what God was wanting these folks to do was build back the altar of God. And friend, it's time we use God's altar again. Is it not? Me and Brother JR is down here working out. And we was a sweat on this thing. And I said, Brother, I don't think this is what they mean by using God's altar and sweating and crying. He said, no, I don't believe it is. 
We need to build back the altar of God. Amen. And use the thing. Hey, when's, uh, when's the last time you cried out on God's altar? But what's making the world like it is? Brother J. Arnold said it's people's sin in our day. That's the problem with the world today. That was just like the sin of the children of Israel. But well, I should understand something. It was done in God's sight. The Bible said in Judges chapter 6 and verse number 1, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. May I say there's nothing that's not done in His sight. God knows what goes on at the house. God knows what goes on at the church house. God knows what goes on when you're home. And nobody else is around. It's all done in God's sight. I'm telling you, you will reap what you sow. Listen to me. Hear me. You will reap what you sow. And not only will it affect you, it will affect everybody else around. It just goes round and round. But listen, friend, the reason the times are so dark in our day is the same reason they were back then. Sin. And all because of that, they are now suffering at the hand of the enemy. I say to you this morning, there's an enemy in the White House and we're suffering at his hand. Gas prices is up. Food's up. And that ain't even the half of it. Amen. Anyhow, I'm moving on. But listen, they could have been a great mighty nation if they'd have just said, God, we're going to go with you. Would they have had enemies? Yes. Every time you try to do something good for God, the enemy comes in. But listen, it was all because of the sin of those people. These people did not fight and stand up against sin. But what they done, they caved in. I'm telling you this morning, what we're doing is we're caving in. They want to take your mind and get it used to what's going on. Hey Amen. We don't need to get used to what's going on. Stand up against it. The Bible said in Ephesians 4 and 26, be angry and sin not. Well, how do you do that? You be angry and sin. What makes God mad ought to make us mad. But the problem is in our day. Oh, it is what it is. That's a sad shame. When dealing with sin. Friend, the days you and I are living in, we know they're dark days. Dark times. We got dark people in the white house. And I ain't talking about black and white. I'm talking about pure evilness in the white house. The days are dark. Thing I see here, God still has a man. God still has a few. I'm about to shout. I don't know if you are or not. Number two, let's look at the call of Gideon and his men. The Bible said in Judges 6 and 14, And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites, have not I sent thee. Well, may I say to you this morning, the Lord was still calling a man, and the Lord was still calling some men. One man said that in the dark days, thank God, God still got some men. Hey, as you and I look at our text, we see that if this man was going to get the job done, he couldn't be mama called, daddy called, God had to call. Amen. He couldn't have uh, uh, done it any other way. But friend, this man was a man full of doubts and full of unbelief. Oh, he was. Lord, put down. Show, show me. Put down the fleece. Lord, I need another thing. He's full of doubts and unbelief. 
Have you ever been full of doubt and unbelief? Amen. I am. This man was a man full of doubts, unbelief. This man was a man that if we looked upon his situation like this, and God, why are you choosing him? I say to you this morning, the world may look at the parking lot and may say, God, why are you using them? We may look at the parking lot and look at the church benches and say, God, why would you use us? Remember Brother J.R. said, not with worldly wisdom. Wisdom of God. Well, God's not just put us here to do nothing. Amen. He was not an impressive man. He was a farmer in those days, lived in a small town called Ophir. We live in a small, y'all live in a small town, Hampton, Butler, Tennessee, it's all small land. But God would take this man and use him. Hey, he wasn't impressive, he's a farmer. Lived in the town of Ophir. You just study out that town, you'd see a small, probably not heard of much. He might have been one of them and say, oh, that's where the rednecks Glory, hallelujah, I'm glad that's where the rednecks But just in knowing he was a farmer, he, listen to me, he probably tried to hide all his crops from these many nights, just like these other boys did. I mean, despite this man's unpopularity, despite the fact that this man didn't have a big name, despite the fact this man was some little farmer boy, you know what God said about him in verse number 12? Read your Bible. Judges chapter 6. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Listen to me, I'm telling you, it don't matter what your name is. It don't matter how small you are. It don't matter where you come from, what your background is. I'm telling you, God can use you. God, I believe this morning with all my heart, God can use this Mountain View Baptist Church if we get our minds on God and get our focus on how small we are. Hear me, well. Look at this. God knows my name. Does He know yours? Well, he knew Gideon's name, didn't he? Hey man, listen, it, it don't matter what the world might think about us. What matters is that God and what He thinks about us, not only does He know our name, He knows our situation, He knows our trial. Hey friend, listen, God didn't call some man with a big name. God called Gideon. Wow. I just want to say this. I don't know why God's giving me this, but He has. You might say, preacher, I'm not much. God knows your name. Not only does he know your name, he knows every hair that's on your head or not on your head. I'm just kidding. But he knows. He knows. He knows. Friend, listen. God called your name. If you're sitting here this morning and you're saved by the grace of God, you're called. You're called. The Bible said this in Luke 12 and verse number 7, but even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore. Amen. Listen, the Bible said, 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and 3, unto the church of God, which is at Korea, but them that are sanctified in Christ, called to be saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Called to be saints. Oh, wow. God's called us to be saints. Called us to live for Him. Called us by grace like He did with Gideon. But the call He's put upon your life is a personal call. That's a personal thing. Now get a hold of this. It's personal. Nobody knows 
You and God. What God wants to accomplish through you. Nobody else knows. But you're called. He's called some prayer warriors that we know nothing about. And I'll just say this. If you get in your closet at home, you get down on the floor and you pray, I know you ain't going to tell nobody. I thank God for you. I thank God for you. You say, preacher, all I do is come to church and shake your hand and smile at you. Thank God for you. We need that. Amen, we need that. Maybe you're here this morning and say, preacher, I'm, I'm not important to people, but God's... It don't matter what people think. He's numbered the very hairs of your head. Even my little one that's sticking up this morning, my wife made me go wet down. He already did. Listen to me. The Bible said in Romans 8, 29 through 30, for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate. There's that word again. To be conformed to the image of His Son. That he might be the firstborn among many. You know what God said? He said, you've been called to look like me even if the world hates me. He said, you've been called to live like Christ. Oh, wow. God's called you. Gideon's living in some dark days. But the call of God was still upon Gideon's life. Friends, sometimes we get so bogged down by the things of this world. I want to say, you know, God can't use us. I believe God gave me this to say, God can use us. Friend, we just like getting this morning need to put the false gods out of our lives and get back to worshiping God. The Bible said in Judges 6, 25 through 26. I want you to listen to this. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, Throw down the altar of Baal, the false god that thy father hath, and cut down the growth that is bad, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. How was Gideon going to have victory in his day? Well, it's the same way we're going to. If he's going to have victory, they're going to have to worship God and quit worshiping everything else. It's the same way in our day, is it not? If we want any spiritual victory in our lives, we've got to cut down the false gods and worship the real God. they got to get out. God was calling Gideon, and I'm telling you this morning, God is calling us this morning to live for Him no matter what the world does and what it looks like. Not only was God calling Gideon, God is calling Gideon's men. Well, for the sake of time, I'm going to make a long story short. But the men in which God wanted Gideon to take, God was sorting those men out. Listen to your Bible. The ones that were fearful, God wouldn't let them go. Judges 7, verse number 3. Now therefore go to, proclaiming the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. They returned the people 20 and 2,000, so they remained 10,000. So the fearful couldn't go. We see the test for the lack, and the Bible said in Judges 7, verses 5 through 7. So he brought down the people into the water, and the Lord said again, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as the dog lappeth, him shall thou set by himself. I don't know about you, but I don't want no men walking around me that laughs like a dog. <laughs> I'm just saying. Listen here. The Bible said in verse number six, and a number of them that lapped put in their hand in their mouth with 300. He tested them. What was he doing? He was calling them. He was looking at them. Hey, every one of those men put their face to water and drunk like a dog would. God wouldn't let Gideon take those men. The thing about these men here, 
As these are the ones, these 300 that God had called. God said, get in, I want these to go with you. And remember what I said, God has called all of us that are saved and born again to do something for Him. Look around. Go ahead. Look around. These are the faithful ones. These are the faithful ones. And that's just the way it is. And I feel like sometimes we get discouraged. We get down. And we get depressed and we say, God, can you use a few? Boys, them men was preaching revival. I about lost it. They hit on this once or twice every day. I about lost it. This is what God had given me. And I was fighting, I was fighting this morning. Well, we've seen the concerning times of Gideon and men. The call of Gideon is men. But let's look number three at the conquering of Gideon and his men. Now, friend, it might have looked right now as if the enemy had the upper hand, probably in, in Gideon's army. I mean, their army had a total of 135,000 men. Add that up in Judges 8, verse number 10. You'd see, add those two numbers up, and that's what you're going to get. 135,000 men. And here's 300. Man, I smiled at them and said, what? Who cares? Oh my. Getting his men were 300 little men compared to a great big army. Hey, most of us know what happened in the end, but natural man's eyes were amazed at the wisdom of what God could do with 300 little men. I've heard the natural man make the statement of, oh, it's a little church. I'm telling you, God's wisdom is higher than ours. He can take 20 and use them and appear as 3,000 if he wants to. If you believe God, believe Him. Hey Amen. The way God uses 300 men, how, how were they used? They followed God. They followed the man of God. As the man of God followed God. But right when it came to God, God was working it all for their good, for the victory over the enemy. See, when man looks at things, sometimes we look at size. Oh, there's a big church down the road. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe there is. I don't even know if there is or not. Okay, I don't know. But you can get a big old group of people together. And you can get shouting. And you can get all that. You can pump and you can cry. But if God ain't in it, and it don't make a hill beat. You've got a thousand or twenty. It don't make a hill beat. God is a 300 man. Right here in our text were some people that were dedicated to God. See, it took faith to do what all these men done here. It's by God they done it. But listen, they kept on going despite the fact they were outnumbered. They didn't stop. They didn't quit. They didn't close up shop. And sometimes it may seem as if you and I are outnumbered in the world. But I'm glad in the eyes of God this morning, He's not worried about numbers when it comes to this. He's worried about some folks that will get dedicated and committed and commit their life to Him. And then God can use 20 to do great things. God's side. Do we agree? Can God? God can. Well, Brother Greg preached on believing God. Hit right over all the text that I was going to preach. I thought he was going to preach it, just to be honest with you. I really did. These 300 men in the Word of God, they may not have been much in sight of man, but they accomplished a great and mighty work for God. And the Lord even made them look like they were a great number. Did He not? Let me tell you guys. I don't get to share a thing with you a lot. I don't share it with you. 
Brother David Harrelson sent me a text. Remember, we gave him five hundred dollars on Wednesday night. We're just a little church, just just a little. Bit. And I'm not wanting you to get lifted up in pride. I just want to tell you what God can do with you. He texted me, said, "Preacher, he said that's exactly what I need. The exact amount that I need to pay the bill." What God can do with you? Hey, I got the text. If you don't believe me, I'll show you on my phone. He said, that is exactly the amount to the dime, to the T that I needed. God can use a few. Hey, could you see the men at this time? They probably thought, what in the world are we going to do with this stuff that he has put in our hand? Remember, he put a torch, a trumpet, and they probably looked around and said, what in the world? What are we going to do with this? Well, listen, the Bible said in verses 17 through 18, and he said to them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye trumpets also on every side of all the camp and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Right here's an example of what will happen with a few that will believe God. Well, the people blew the trumpets. The people shouted the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood there. Amen. Read your Bible. The Bible said uh, at this time in chapter, in this chapter, verses 20 through 21, and the three companies blew the trumpets, break the pitchers, held their lamps in their left hands, the trumpets in their right hands to blow with them, and they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Listen, and they stood, every man in this place, round about the camp. Here's some men that followed God. And all they done was stood there. They did break the lamps and the pitchers. But the Bible said they stood. And the enemy ran. My, my, what God can do with some folks that stand. Oh, free. Stand on the promises of God. Stand on the Word. Stand on the book. Why am I what God can do with a few? Hey, listen to me. It's here in our text. We see God using 300 men and all they had to do was stand. You know what we got to do? Stand. On what, preacher? The Word. Stand on the Word. Well, preacher, there's only a few. God's already done a lot with a few that I've seen. God can use a few this morning that will not compromise. That will not stand. Hey, we don't need another way. I don't care what the world says. We don't need another way. We've got the way, the truth, and the life. Amen, friend. Listen, we got all we needed when we got saved. Malachi 3 and 6. For I am the Lord. I change not. Bible said in Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. We may obtain mercy. Find grace to help in a time of need. I believe God that if 25 people have a need, I believe God this morning. Brother Greg Thompson preached all over that. The gates of, on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I believe that. Listen to me. I'm glad God had grace to help, but listen, the reason that He walked with them. Reason God walked with them because they said, you know what? We're going to believe God. We're going to break the lamps. We're going to break the pictures. And God's going to give us the victory. 
How many of you believe God can use a few? How many of you believe God can use a few? How? They were committed to God. God will use those who just get committed to Him. Oh, friend. See, those pictures that were broken, the Word of God. I don't you get all of this. Those pictures, once they were broken, they couldn't go back. There's no going back. They couldn't fix them back up and, and glue them back together. There's no going back. Well, that's exactly how you and I are doing. Once we get committed, there ain't no going back. There ain't no going back. Friend, I've been saved since October 1st of 2012. And I don't think God let me go back. I don't think God would want you to go back. Here's what I think he wants. He wants us to go forward. For him. Go forward. God can use a faithful few that'll get committed. That'll get committed to God. And friend, I'm telling you, well, I've seen excuse after excuse after excuse, reason after reason after reason. My folks are not get committed. God gives us this right here. Some folks. I really ain't heard much excuse out of us. But you've been committed. You've been faithful. Oh my, what God can do. What God can do with a few. I'm looking at a committed few this morning. What God can do. You believe it? You believe it? Let's all stand. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I'm doing it. It's been very long. Some of you.